This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and thank you so much for tuning in to this bonus episode of the podcast, which will take you behind the scenes at the recent Pet Industry Federation Awards, which happened on October the 21st, 2021. So the Pet Industry Federation Awards recognise people who are doing amazing things in the pet industry, ranging from product businesses to retailers to wholesalers to pet care to people who do extraordinary things. Um, who are given Lifetime Achievement Awards in the industry. So in the blog post that goes with this episode, I will be putting a list of all of the winners and all of the um, people who were shortlisted in the blog post. But in this episode, I'm talking to Nigel Baker and Alexandra Baker from the Pet Industry Federation about the awards and what it means to them and also what it means to the people who have won. I'm also talking to some of the winners. So I've got interviews with Debbie from Barking Bags, who won the Best New Business Award. I've got Steve from The Pet Joint, and uh, who won the Best Cattery Award. Steve also runs an animal charity over in Wales as well, and he's done some incredible work. So it's a really lovely chat with him. I've also spoke to Gemma from Scoff Paper, who makes edible greeting cards for dogs, which is just brilliant, isn't it? She won the Product Innovation Award, so it's really lovely chatting to her. And then finally, I'm talking to Dee from the Green Poop Bag Company, and Dee was nominated and shortlisted for the Sustainability Award. Dee, I've worked with um, in the past, I've already worked with, so I thought I would grab her for an interview about what it meant for her. So, if you'd like to listen into any of these interviews and also find out about how you would go about winning an award yourself or putting yourself forward, then I do hope you enjoy this episode. At the end of the episode, I'll also be talking a little bit about if you've won an award or you've been shortlisted and what you can do to use it to get publicity. I will link to a press release template and guide in this episode as well. So if you go to the show notes for this episode, which basically you'll find it either on my website or if you're listening on an app, if you just swipe up, the show notes will be there. There'll be a link where you can go and find a press release template. So if you've been shortlisted or if you won an award, you can use the template to write a press release and go and get some brilliant press coverage. So now on for the main part of the show. So I am behind the scenes at the Pet Industry Federation Awards and I've got the lovely Alexander and Nigel Baker from the Pet Industry Federation who are here with me and who are going to talk about why tonight is so special. So tell me, Alexandra and Nigel, what is so special about tonight? We're all so giddy, aren't we, to be out, first of all? <laughs> I'm difficult to know quite where to start yeah. because, um, A, it's a celebration of the industry which is, is extraordinarily important and this is such a vital industry and it's, it's gone through some difficult times during COVID so to have everybody out celebrating and having a good time tonight is brilliant. To actually give people awards and actually make sure that there's innovation and new products and businesses are coming forward is also very, very important and we were delighted with the calibre of people who got awards tonight. Yeah, do you know, it's been really good um, and what I loved about what you did tonight is um, Obviously, as you're listening, you won't know because you've not been at the event unless you obviously have. But at the beginning of the event, Nigel brought on stage all of the winners from last year who weren't able to come to a physical event because it was online, obviously. And I thought that was really lovely, really kind and would have been, you know, a real special moment for them, wouldn't it? So tell me, tell me what was the kind of thought behind that? Well, we we thought, I guess, we thought that they didn't, I mean, because it was done virtually and we ran it, we undenied whether we could or couldn't last year. And finally, we got towards... It November, I think, yes. when we did it. November, and we ran it in November, and we thought we we're going to do it virtually. And of course, there were winners 
we, we didn't have a lifetime achievement board, which is why there were two tonight. Um, but as a result of that, we thought, you know, normally the main point about this is you get your award and you're on stage and everyone's going, yeah, that's brilliant. It didn't happen, obviously, last yeah. year. So we thought, wouldn't that be a really good thing to do that for the people who were coming and joining us this year and put them on stage and get, let everybody give them a round of applause because they were brilliant winners again last year. Definitely. Yeah, and I think it, by doing a virtual show, I think we realised that it's just not the same as actually getting everyone together face to face and, and celebrating the industry because even the people that don't get awards still have a great time tonight. It's a great excuse to get dressed up, to come out with colleagues, to, to just have, a, have a, a reason really just yeah. to kind of come out and, and, and do something fun and different from, from the day job really. So I think um, to be able to offer that to last year's people as well and, and, and give them yeah, just a, a bit of an opportunity is uh, too good to miss really this time. Definitely. Um, and one of the things I've loved hearing from a couple of the people I spoke to is the fact that they, uh, some people had just started businesses at the beginning of lockdown, like Debbie from Barking Bags. Yeah. She just started out. She won a new product award. Um, and she was like, I don't know if it is a new product, but she it, it kind of was new yeah. because we haven't been able to recognise this. And I think recognising the determination and the grit to keep going in these really tough times is another well, thing, isn't it? That was across all of the awards tonight, yeah. because even if you were an established business, where Kennel or Cattery has been out there, to actually recognise that you are effectively the best out there, you've been inspected. Or, I mean, we take the awards very, very seriously. We don't yeah. just randomly go, oh, you're a nice person, you get the award. They are, are that go through a, a judging panel, they are mystery shop, they're telephoned. There is a, a raft of measures that we take to make sure that we actually end up with the shortlist and then from the shortlist we end up going through and actually streaming out who really should be a winner. So it is actually a very serious thing to get a piffer at the end of this and actually it's a, it's a great credit to the people who won and also the people who got on the shortlist. Yeah. You're on the shortlist, you were yeah, nearly there. Yeah, it's a huge achievement because yeah. I mean, we had record entries this year certainly mm -hmm. um, uh, in, in terms of actually the numbers right at the start of the, the whole process, the, the awards process. So we had to sift through an awful lot just to come up with a shortlist yeah. um, and we've had more awards this time than we've ever had before simply because we've. it's been so difficult to whittle down yeah. um, you know, as to how we can actually divide up the industry in the right way. So I mean, we gave 25 awards out tonight which is uh, and that record for us certainly. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> and what I would be, I would say as well to anyone listening who was shortlisted, this is a publicity podcast. If you've not tuned in before and you've tuned in because Nigel and Alex are here, then thank you. But if if you've been shortlisted, you can still get publicity, and that's still brilliant oh, right, for raising yes. your profile. So yes. do go and do that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I mean, the, the PIF awards, and uh, we call them the PIF, the PIFA awards. Um, are certainly the pinnacle of the industry yeah. and you can see that tonight by um, the people who turn up tonight and you know people are paying to have tickets to come to this yeah. tonight and we have over 250 people here tonight um, who have actually come up to watch other people get awards and obviously some of them are disappointed they weren't get the final award but having got on that shortlist and there are only five on a section maximum we get on that shortlist did brilliantly well yeah. out of an enormous section on it so they actually as a, to able to say I was on the shortlist did extraordinarily yeah. well and even some of the winners like Creature Comforts tonight, who was a top retailer, he'd been a runner-up a number of years yes, beforehand, yes, has kept yes, trying, really and he's come back yeah. this year and won it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and we try and, if we're necessary, we'll give feedback, etc. People want it to actually go, why didn't you, um, etc. Why didn't you get there? Some people have come up to me already and said, could you tell me? Happy to do so. Yeah, definitely. But. I know you'll reiterate this for me, but these people who've worked so hard, they need to be shouting about their awards and their shortlisting, mm -hmm. don't oh, they? Yes. So get it out there. Absolutely. So I know you've done virtual events. You've This is the first real-life event, which I know has been 
you've been planning this for ages and you had a huge <laughs> event that was about to happen like when lockdown hit mm. tell us about what's next for you guys and, and what you're well, doing to support people we're going to do this we're going to do this each year yes no? yeah well, yeah we're going to be back, um, we didn't put in there we normally have a forum before this which is our discussion group Conference, we didn't put that yeah. in this year because of copying we were never sure when we put the date together on this whether mm. this was actually going to run because you plan this you go to the hotel and go we want to run a live event and then they say well how many people are you going to have and we go don't know. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of planning to actually go, will it actually happen? Yeah. So you, you put in the smallest numbers that the hotel will accept to be able to run something like this, etc. And at the end of the day, the numbers were two and a half times that we put in um, that we expected. So we will run this next year and put in a forum before it, yeah. because I think that will bring, that's really important, so we get discussion in the industry going as well during the afternoon and bring more people involved in it. We've got... Uh, well, before that, we've got Virtual Pet Index, virtual pet index. in um, February, well, from yeah. February next year. So we'll run another digital event. We do think there's still a place for digital events. Um, mm -hmm. They're different to face-to-face, -face, obviously, but there's still a lot that can be gleaned from them, got from them for, by exhibitors and visitors alike. So I think that's one of the things we'll take from COVID and, and still develop that, uh, to not to replace trade shows, but just to sort of add something, you know, an additional marketing tool really for companies. So we'll run that from February to March next year. I think the thing about what we've learned about running virtual shows is the fact that no, you can't touch and feel the products and no, you can't actually go and talk to somebody. But on the other hand, every single company, as you know, advertises their products. Yeah. They put them on in print and they put them on TV if they've got mm. the money to do so. So people still can't touch and feel them. So the fact that you run a virtual show still means you can tell everybody that you want to about that yeah. product. So our view is virtual shows are important, but so are social events. Yeah. And what we want to do is have social events like this and virtual shows. Yeah. So we get people together to intermix and virtual events so that you can reach a worldwide audience, which is what Virtual Pet Index was reaching. That was what I was just going to say because I know I went to the first one and well I went to all of the virtual yeah. pet index, in, indexes that's where I have had a few drinks um, and yeah people were coming I was speaking to people afterwards and they met people from all over the world Absolutely. which is amazing isn't it because you never do that otherwise yeah. you'll sit in a, a, a trade show and the, the other difficulty is of course the UK has become now quite insular because of Brexit yeah. and we have run a survey recently which says that the majority of companies will not attend European shows because they can't export their products yeah. so they've got a real problem about that now we're trying to solve that with some of the logistic stuff we're working on at the present moment in time so if you want to reach your audience and you want to reach above Europe and beyond Europe the only way you're really going to do it is through a virtual show yeah it's been amazing hasn't it and yeah. I, I know the graph that went into it and I can't imagine how stressful it must have been for you all but it was a really they've all been a huge success so I know it will have been a total lifeline for small businesses sure. and big brands alike so thank you so much for chatting to me it's been brilliant talking to you can you Give me a final message for anyone who's thinking about um, about PIF and applying for the awards. What would your message to them be? Go for it. I mean, you've you've got you've. What have you got to lose? You've got a little bit of time to put together a 500-word nomination, really, about your business and why you think you should. Um, you know, why you think your business is is, is worthy of, of winning a PIF award. Um, we put the criteria together. We we launch it in about June, sort of May June time every year. So look out for it and social media on the trade press and everything. It's very simple to apply. It's free to apply. We don't put any barriers. You don't even have to be a PIF member to apply. Um, we want to make it as open and as um, as, as inclusive as possible. All types of businesses so um, yeah go for it really nothing to lose and I would say <laughs> make sure you read the criteria you know so many people put in their awards and never read what the judges are looking for to actually get an award yeah so you actually really must read the criteria and answer the questions if you don't do that 
then you're, you're miles away. So just yeah. make sure you read the criteria is my word of advice, I think. <laughs> okay, I'm, yeah, I'm a bit of a stickler for things like that as well. So, <laughs> Well, Nigel, Alexandra, thank you so much for talking to me. I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your evening, but it's been brilliant having you on my uh, Behind the Scenes podcast and brilliant. speaking thank to some you, brilliant Rachel. people. Thank you so much, Rachel. <laughs> thank you. So really excited to be at the Pet Industry Federation Awards with Debbie from Barking Bags, who's Ooh. just won an award and it was the first award to be announced as well. So Debbie, first of all, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. So tell us a bit about the award that you won. We won a New Business of the Year Award, which is a little bit um, weird because we're not that new, but we started before COVID and then we stopped because of COVID. So when we, um, when, when we were up for the award, they said they were recognising the fact that a lot of businesses had struggled. So a stop-start was you know, worth recognising too. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you were also awarded, uh, not awarded, nominated for a few of the categories as well. You were yeah, in a few of the shortlists. So tell us yeah, about those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, innovation. Mm-hmm. So, um, which I actually thought if we did anything, that would be the area that we would succeed in. Yeah. Because I think the product that we've got is, I don't know, satisfying a need that people are, are looking for. So that's what I was expecting. And supply of the year, which... I was surprised about to be nominated in that. <laughs> I mean, we, are, we do supply and we do supply online, but and we've got some innovative approaches to supply. All our bags are packed uh, with support of people from, with learning difficulties and we get other companies to put stuff into our bags so that when you receive one of our bags, it comes with little, little bits and pieces that are from other companies. So yeah, we do supply other stuff apart from our own. But yeah, I you know, that's a I thought that was an outsider. <laughs> but to be nominated and finalist in three categories is stunning. No, it's incredible. So well done. I'm really, really chuffed for you. And I'm also really excited because I know we had a call before lockdown and you talked to me about your product and it was really in the really early days. So to be with you now, like probably two years on and be with you celebrating is just fantastic. Now, Debbie, tell us about your product because I know that people listening might not be aware of it. I will obviously link to all of your brilliant products. I'll link to your barking bags in the show notes for this episode so people can go and check them out. But tell us a bit about what it is. So so basically, it's a dog walking bag. And when we first go, when I needed a bag to walk with my dog, and I googled dog walking bag, all that came up was a bag to carry a dogging, <laughs> which wasn't what I was looking for. I wanted a bag that would have, you know, space for my stuff as well as my dog stuff. Yeah. Because if you're going to be a responsible dog owner, you need to carry water, you need to carry treats, you need to carry the poo, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, once you've got collected it and poo bags, you need to carry... Um, maybe a ball there are lots of stuff as well as your own stuff keys and your mobile phone and I couldn't find anything on the market that really satisfied the need so we did a lot of research and we found uh, a design that worked for us and we tested it and we've tweaked it a little bit and most people are really happy with it so it's a bag that you can carry crossbody or you can attach it to your belt and hey presto hang it on a hook by your front door Pack it full of your stuff and off you go. Brilliant. Okay, so I've obviously, I've known Debbie for a while and I've known about her bags and I have also heard about them from loads of dog walkers as well <laughs> who I know absolutely love them. So Emily Jean Hill is like one massive um, 
big champion of you and what you do. Thank you, Emily. Oh, no, she's brilliant. <laughs> she's written about you loads and she's always talking about you. And um, I, I got my first barking bag a few weeks ago and it's just totally blown my mind. Like everyone I've shown it to is like, oh my word, that is incredible. So I love it because... Right, Debbie hasn't talked about this, but I'm going to just tell you how the reason why I love it. When I go out with Patch to the beach or to wherever we go, we go to the beach quite a lot, he always has balls and they're always covered in slobber or sand or dirt or whatever. The best bit is that you can put the ball in like a mesh side pocket. Yeah, yeah. But you can also have treats in the mesh side pocket so your bag doesn't smell of treats or, you know, horrible slobbery balls and stuff. So there's just so many brilliant things you can do with it and I really, really love the product and it's brilliant to see you here and getting recognition for what you've done. Tell us a bit about your background. Have you always been a barking bag creator? <laughs> I was a teacher. I was a teacher and my uh, we got a dog and the dog was out of control and I went to a dog trainer and she trained me. She didn't need to train the dog. The dog was fine. It was me that needed training. And she said things like, when you go out on your walk, you should take some treats with you. So you're constantly training the dog. You should take... And it's fun. You yeah. should take a ball to exercise your dog if your dog's into balls or toys. You should make sure you've got your poo bags. You should make sure you've got your... You know... And I kept thinking, this is oh, great. Yeah. I'm going to take a trolley with me when I go out on my walks. And that's where the idea came from. Yeah. So it was a small idea. We, we produced 50 bags initially and we sold them on a local market stall at a pet uh, event yeah. and we sold out. And I went, oh, I think we have a product here that other people might be interested in. So much as it's lovely to be starting up a new business, it's also satisfying a need, I hope, yeah. that people really find is useful. Definitely. So obviously, I know you launched before lockdown and I know that you're going to shows from the conversation that we had before. And then what was it like, you know, when lockdown hit, when it came to having a business and having a business that you needed to get out there? What did you do to keep going? Well, it, I mean, it was difficult. Our bags are handmade in India. Yeah. And so, you know, it, you have to recognise that the, the, it is a global pandemic. Yeah. And as tough as it was for us... It was tough for our colleagues in India. They, they're, they're handmade in a little unit. They had to stop producing. And then when they were producing, they were producing at a socially distance. So there were half the members of the team at any one time. And then they started producing the bags. They were going, hooray, they, we've got bags. And yeah. then we discovered that they couldn't get the zips or they couldn't get the clips or they couldn't get the fabric, you know, because there are lots of different elements to producing products yeah. which you don't realise until you're in business um, and so it's been a bit stop start mm -hmm. um, and so it's been a bit of a challenge to our, our website at times has looked a bit woeful we haven't had the products that we wanted at the moment we're getting we're pretty much getting everything in that we need to it's a bit slow but people are being relatively painful uh, patient with us um, so yeah it's been tough but yeah. it, we've kept going that's it, isn't it? It's about resilience and keeping going, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. I, I imagine when you get brilliant feedback, which I know that you do, yeah, um, do. that does help you keep going, doesn't yeah. it? I have to say, and Rachel, in your defence for everything, is that you kept saying, this is good, I like what you're doing. Yeah. You taught me so much about reaching out to people. I mean, we wanted it to be more than a product. We wanted to talk to people about being good dog owners and being ethical dog owners so like now we've got uh, two companies on board that support us with uh, providing free 
compostable poo bags, which we put for free in our bags. Beaker and Planet Underdog both give us those products for free. And we've talked to our customers through our blogs. I don't do enough. Yeah. She'll slap my wrist after this. <laughs> I don't do enough. But, you know, it's a way of reaching out to people and helping... I know that when I first had a dog, I didn't have a clue. And I know that firework night is approaching. And I didn't know how to prepare myself and my dog for that. And you look at other people's blogs and you pick up tips. So I'm now sharing my tips with other people. Definitely. And you've got your own little corner of the pet owner world, haven't you? When it comes to making sure you're prepared for the walk, making sure your dog always has fun and sees you as a fun person to be with because your bag enables that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we, and we're suggesting things that you might want to put in your bag yeah. as well. You know, the big thing that we're selling now is pet alarms. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that you're safe, you are safe, and your dog is safer. I mean, it, a pet alarm doesn't protect you yeah. fully, but it's an added dis, uh, disincentive for people yeah. or anybody who's thinking about nicking your dog. If they see you with a pet alarm dangling off your barking bag, you're going to take note, aren't you? Yeah, and it's handy as well, isn't it, rather than you rummaging around in the car for it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a scary time, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, Debbie, thank you so much for chatting to me. So what I know that you can't tell me all of, I know, of what we want to say here, um, but... What's next for Barking Bags? Well, we've got two... We've got a new product just about to launch. Yeah. Well, in fact, we've launched it called the Diddy Bag. Okay. It's, it's ironic. Lots of people look at our bags and say, oh, well, I like it, but can I have a smaller one? And then they buy the smaller one and then they're buying a bigger one uh, <laughs> as well. But some people are buying both. Because, you know, if you're just walking around the block yeah. to have a little thing that you can just carry around with you, it's quite useful. Um but our plan in the future, we've, we worked with students at uh, Nottingham Trent University to help us come up with design ideas. And we're working with them again. And hopefully there'll be some new exciting products on the market. Okay. And in January, there's going to be something very exciting here in the market. But I can't tell you about it just yet. No. Um, give you a little clue. When me and Debbie had a call about two years ago, I said there was something that she should do for barking bags and that's all I'm going to say I'm going to try and keep my trap shut I took her advice and I've done it <laughs> but when it happens you will be the first to know because we will both be shouting about it <laughs> we will <laughs> fabulous Debbie it's been brilliant talking to you and congratulations you, on the award thank you so much and I can't wait to see what's next for barking bags brilliant thanks Anne so uh, my second interview of the night is with Gemma from Scoff Paper and Gemma is also a winner. I'm so excited to speak to Gemma because we spoke earlier on in the year about what she was going to be doing with Scoff Paper and I've been following her on social media and just seeing the stuff that she does. We've had a chat earlier and she said that she literally hasn't slept for the past year. <laughs> <laughs> so over to you Gemma, well done for winning your award. Thanks Rachel. Um, yeah, it's been really overwhelming actually winning an award and I suppose being part of the pet industry, feeling like we're part of the gang. Oh, no, it's incredible. So tell us about the award and what category was it that you won? Yes, so we won the um, product innovation for dog. So we make edible greeting cards for dogs, make cards for all occasions. So everything from birthdays, gotcha days, Christmas, um, Valentine's Day, Easter, everything you could possibly wish for, we make cards for. Oh, it's just so brilliant. And I've had a card from Gemma, well, my, my dog has had a card from Gemma, and they are absolutely brilliant. So, Gemma, tell us about how your idea came to life and why, how on earth did you come up with the idea of edible greeting cards for dogs? Um, so, it's about 
a, about 18 months ago actually, um, I volunteer for guide dogs, so I train the pups from 7 weeks to 18 months old and uh, about 18 months ago it was my dog's birthday, Loki, and I bought him my sort of traditional birthday package, so it consisted of a Moonpig card. Um, which was like a giant card with pictures of Loki all over. Um, I wrote a message to him. Um, I did a balloon arch. I bought him all kinds of toys. Every gift you could possibly wish for, Loki had. And I take pictures of the dogs because I only get one birthday, one gotcha day, one Easter, one Valentine's, one Christmas with them. Um, I really make an effort to sort of celebrate every occasion. So Loki, when I was taking a picture of him, he tried to eat the cards. So, this is brilliant, <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's basically where the idea came from. He tried to take a bite out of the cards and that's uh, where the initial idea came from. So I spent the next six months researching what would be good ingredients uh, to make cards from and uh, started manufacturing the, the products. Wow, that is absolutely insane. And I love that you look after the guide dogs when they're puppies, before they go off and do their work. And what I, I love how you've described like, how special you make the birthdays and it's led to this incredible idea for you. So how did you go about how did you go about making this happen and tell us about the flavours and stuff that you have in your cards? Thank you. So, yeah, so basically we wanted to um, create something that was like a card but was um, natural ingredients for dogs to enjoy. So we basically make the cards from potato starch. Um, we use natural flavourings in the, the potato starch as well. So we've got things like beef, bacon, chicken, cheese and peanut butter. Yeah. Um, so they're the core five flavours that we use. And then we have limited edition flavours for Christmas. So things like Insane in the Candy Cane, which is <laughs> mint candy flavour. Um, we do uh, Turkey 9 to 5, which is Brilliant. our turkey flavour. Um, and then a uh, chuck around the clock for Easter. So hopefully you get a picture of, you know, the, the type of things we can create. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and who knows what next year will bring. Wow, and do you have like a day job as well as doing all the scoff paperwork? So the reality is that um, I set up the business with um, no money. <laughs> um, the reality was that I was uh, sort of living on my own. Um, I met my partner who is uh, Matthew, who's partner in the business now. Um, sold my house, uh, moved into his house and really sort of, you know, tried to um, keep our costs down, um, took on a, a separate job as well to bring some money into yeah. the, the house um, and really have sort of bootlegged, if that's the, the right word, yeah. um, bootlegged the project. So we are sort of ploughing every bit of money we've got back into to the business and hopefully we'll, we'll build it from there. Fabulous. Okay, so I've been following Gemma on social media and seeing some of the figures that you've shared. I know that you were at Glee at a big 
um, Pet and Garden event recently and you won an award there as well and you, I think on one of the posts you shared about how many cards you'd sold and it blew my mind so I was like <laughs> oh my god how the hell have you done that so tell us about some of the amazing <laughs> stuff that you've done yeah so I think I posted that about um, maybe about four weeks ago yeah. and we'd sold just close to 80,000 cards um, so we have launched in some of the big retailers uh, so big pet retailers bricks and mortar stores um, and online um, a lot of things have happened this week actually um, in terms of launch so we have um, we've launched in pets at home and we're about to go into pets corner um, loads of other things happening as well so My yes it's uh it's 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 been quite intense to be honest um but eighty thousand cards pretty much sum up our sort of consumer sales um when we've been selling direct to consumer through our website through other dropship partners through our independent stores through uh garden centers and also some of the major pet retailers wow. Um, but this week it's probably closer to 85,000. <laughs> so, yeah, just what keeps me awake at night. Oh my god, I can imagine. Well, you look very well on it anyway, Gemma, because it must be. I can't imagine what goes what goes behind goes on behind the scenes making that volume. So, it's just amazing. So, tell us what thank you so much for taking time out from the event. I don't okay. know if you're here in the background, but there's a bit of a chuck of cam going on, and hopefully, it's not too disruptive. But Gemma has just been dragged into a corridor by me to get a bit of a chat. So, thank you for chatting to me and taking time out tell me what's next for um scoff paper okay. oh gosh what's next um so we are we're about to launch in a couple of other major retailers um which i will talk about maybe next <laughs> month <laughs> once i've got my head around those um there's bigger things than the uk should we say wow. um there's new products launching um but yeah i suppose going back to so the initial conversation it's still quite overwhelming <laughs> I'm still trying to get my head around it and uh, I'm just really grateful for the the guide dogs in my life because yeah. without the guide dogs it wouldn't have necessarily happened I know and I just love that this whole like I always talk about light bulb moments but this whole like I want to see I want to actually see the guide dog trying to read the birthday card because that moment turning into this amazing enterprise that you've created is just fantastic isn't it and also such a good cause as well it's yeah. just brilliant isn't it and do yeah. you still work supporting the guide dogs you yeah still, doing still support guide dogs um so i am now 12 dogs in uh, so started off with a dog called ian um <laughs> who I'd, I'd probably say was the original inspiration but loki was the light bulb moment yeah um, and one major thing I didn't talk about was um, I was chatting to uh, somebody lovely on the stand at Pat's and I was talking about Loki because I was being asked about, you know, how did you get into Scoff Paper? What was the original idea? Talking about Loki and then who turns up on the stand but Loki! Oh my gosh, she couldn't yes. make it up. Oh my goodness. And I, um, so his uh, forever mum, as I call her, Tracy. Um, she also has a doggy business. Um, they came to the show to surprise me, but they were also wanting to meet a couple of retailers at the yeah. show. And literally came to the stand, do not know how, but Loki must have smelt me or something Aww. like that. And he he bounded around the back of the, the stand, started jumping up at me, which is not a thing that guide dogs do, and I did not train <laughs> him to do that. <laughs> Caveat. Um, 
and he oh gosh it was it was quite overwhelming i cried a lot i bet you did yeah it was quite an emotional time and um some really kind people captured some pictures so i've got those in my memories box for forever oh so yeah emotional (laughs) my gosh i can imagine and please um so Gemma, every time i do a podcast i always do a blog post that goes with it so if you would be happy to share one of those photos that would be amazing you can actually see that moment that'd be really lovely well, I'm going to let you get back to your gin and tonic or whatever is in that glass in front of me. But it's Water been brilliant and gin and tonic. To you. <laughs> it's been so good talking to you and I can't wait to see what happens next for you. So thank well you. done on the award and thank you so much for chatting to me. Thank you, Rachel. Okay. Okay, so this is my third interview from the Pet Industry Federation Awards um, and the wine is flowing, so I hope this makes sense. So I'm here with Steve Belgrau from the Pet Joint and he is another award winner. So hi, Steve. Thanks hi, so much hi. for joining me. It's a pleasure. So tell us about your award, what was it that you won? Yeah, so we were completely overwhelmed to have won um, the Category of the Year Award. Um, So there's been such um, a huge amount of competition and the um, finalists have been of such a high calibre. We didn't ever expect that we'd win it, so we're just overwhelmed. Fabulous, okay. So I know a little bit about your business because we spoke earlier on in the year when you won another award. (laughs) Um, And not only do you have your, your pet, business but you also do some rescue work as well so tell us a bit about we that. We do yeah so we've run the pet joint for several years now um, I think this might be our, our sixth or seventh year of running running the boarding establishment um, but uh, around about 18 months to two years ago we decided that um, we wanted to do some good and give something back to the industry that's made us so successful um, so we set up um, PAWS which is the protection of animals in Wales society which rescues pets in need within Wales. Yeah, brilliant, okay. And I know that you've done some really good work there, so can you tell us a little bit about like how many pets you've helped to rehome and that kind of thing in the last Yeah, definitely. Um, on average, we tend to rehome about 12 cats a month and wow. two to three dogs. So we're only a small rescue, but we know that it's making a difference, which is the most important thing. Um, last year saw us in one month rehome, um, I think it was in excess of 600 battery chickens, okay. um, I think 16 cats and a few dogs as well. Um, so any pets that come our, our way um, in need of, of help we'll always do our best to assist in any way that we can um, we understand that each life is just as important as the next and we judge them on um, a, 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 on a basis of as they as they arrive to us yeah wow that's amazing okay so tell me about having I know you've won a few awards now because I follow you on social media <laughs> oh good <laughs> <laughs> which is brilliant but what does having an award mean for your business and your profile and that kind of yeah, thing what's the definitely. impact of winning something like this I mean it, it's brilliant exposure for our business it, it, it gives us a platform to grow further from um, and to expand our reach within the industry um, and also to on the greater scheme of things um, increase and improve the general um, services that are available yeah. um, we like to think that um, we push the boundaries and we challenge uh, what is acceptable in pet care nowadays um, so we want to go above and beyond um, what is expected um, on, on the next level of pet care really yeah 
Fabulous, okay. So tell us what is next for you in your in your various different <laughs> enterprises that you've got with the rescue and the and the, the day care, the, the caring business. So tell us what's yeah, next. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we, we plan to still grow um, the pet joint um, mm-hmm. as the main business. Um, so we're currently just developing um, our platinum suites within the cat hotel, um, which are going to be suites which are um, something which has never been seen before within the UK or we believe Europe. Yeah. Um, um, so some of the biggest ones out there with treetop walkways um, and um, interactive elements that, that you might not expect to see in a car hotel that might be more um, at home within a, a zoological setting. Yeah. Um, so we really want to push those boundaries. Um, we're also looking to expand the business in general just because mm-hmm. we're, we've got a waiting list of, of in excess of 24 months for some services and we're stuck between a rock and a hard place and um, we, we want to protect and, and, and um, um, acknowledge our existing customers but we also want to grow the business with new clients as well yeah. um, so that's where our franchise model comes in um, something which we were launching at the start of Covid before we realised the severity of the situation um, now that things are becoming more stabilised we're hoping that we can relook at that and find um, uh, like-minded individuals who may be able to take on a franchise model. Brilliant, okay. So if anyone wants to find out about having an amazing cat oh, hotel, what do they need to do? Um, yeah, um, I mean, if, by all means, um, in the first instance, message us via our social media or mm-hmm. give us an email, um, or you can even call for, for an informal chat. Um, we'll talk through um, a, a few of the basics of, of what we're looking for, and we can go from there. Brilliant, okay. That sounds really exciting, and I know there'll be lots of... Um, Lots of cat lovers who just totally bite your hand off. Oh, that. I so hope so. Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's the type of people yeah, we're after. Yeah, definitely. people are as passionate as we are. Brilliant. Okay, Steve, it's been brilliant chatting to you. Thank you, you so too. much, and keep up all the fabulous work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so my fourth interview is the fabulous Denise from the Green Poop Bag Company. And I've met Denise a few times on Zoom and she's been in my Facebook community as well for a while. So it's very exciting to be with her tonight at the awards. So Denise, tell us a little bit about you and what you do and the Green Poop Bag Company. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Yes, we, well, we have created a poo bag which is truly biodegradable and um, certified compostable. It's pretty much the best option for anyone who wants to, uh, for anyone who wants to choose truly eco-friendly a poo bag for their dog and cats. Brilliant. So I also love that your poo bag is for dogs and cats. And I know we've chatted about this, um, like when we've been on email and on calls and stuff. But people don't really think about cat poo so much as dog poo, do they? But one of the things I did was I gave your poo bags um, to my stepdaughters to take home for their cats to dispose of the cat poop. So. I think it's really exciting to see you talk about cats in the same way as dogs and you've got the cat branding on your bags as well, yeah, haven't definitely, you? definitely, yeah. And it's about educating not just dog owners but cat owners too, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. We, the thing is, I used to work as a, a house sitter and I used to have quite a few cats and uh, pretty much the owners were always giving me big plastic bags to dispose the litter into and I was thinking, oh my god, this is so bad. And these days, a lot of cat owners are now choosing biodegradable litter, so it makes no sense to put it into the plastic bag if you're actually making the choice. So, yeah, we have lots and lots of actually cat owners. And yes, our brand is actually very unique in the fact that we actually keep the dog and cat equal and you can see it in all our branding as well yeah so yeah that's one yeah. of the things which makes us stand out a lot i love that and i am seeing because i as you know i write about um pets and mostly dogs but i also write about cats as well and i am seeing um 
compostable cat litter and more eco-friendly cat litter being yeah. available. So actually combining those two things is really brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So you have been shortlisted for an award tonight, which is amazing. I know you've won a few awards because we've worked on them, haven't <laughs> yeah, we? Yeah, we've story had, ideas. Yeah, losing, but, a, losing a counter. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about what these awards mean for you as a small business owner? Oh gosh, well we've been around only short time so we, we launched just before the first lockdown which, which was really difficult and I think getting those awards really, oh god it was just the, the recognition, it means like the work which we put into, I, I have literally built a company from scratch myself and uh, yeah it was it was a great boost and it also obviously shows the other people which are not sure that we are a genuine company and yeah. that we are appreciated so i think it's yeah that's probably the biggest thing it makes us more uh, yeah it just makes us more credible and uh, yeah it's one of the things people always uh, like to see with the companies that somebody else recognizes them as well definitely and i know from chatting to you like you literally just started out just before the first lockdown so to have all these awards on about is a massive massive achievement and you should be so so pleased with all that you've done so tell us about i know that you have like i love chatting to you because you've always got so many ideas but tell <laughs> us about what's next for what's next for the green poop bag company so uh so yeah so at the moment we we have quite a few things uh few things uh in um in plan a uh, few we had to postpone because uh, other things we've been challenged this year with uh, with the with the brand but uh, we hope to soon be able to uh, create a complete circle where we would collect um, waste from the owners and dog hotels and then uh, use a special type of machinery to turn them into um, into the renewable energy. Wow, that's just it's just mind blowing, isn't it? And do you think that dog and cat owners are I because I know we've spoken quite a few times now and I feel like I've really been educated with speaking to you but um, do you think that dog and cat owners are really recognizing the importance of being kinder to the planet now? Oh god so much more we have we, we can see it how much you know how quickly we are growing uh, we we don't actually use any form of marketing on Facebook we don't use ambassadors we, we don't really have to, that's kind of a positive because it's literally just people talking to each other and people who, who buy from us. Okay, so we had to pause then for a minute because <laughs> just to paint a bit of a picture of what it's like here, we're in a little uh, corridor and some, some people who were a little bit refreshed just burst in here for a bit of quiet time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> going back to Denise, um, you were talking about having, um, you know, having the word spread about what you do organically so tell us what that means for you for more pet owners wanting to be more eco-friendly well it's it's obviously brilliant and it's for me it's it's uh, it's kind of like extra fuel to keep me going because it's seeing that people obviously love your product so much then they keep recommending to the other people so we are not really dependent on spending a lot of money on marketing yeah it's just it's just organic literally just people just talking and spreading because the, the beauty about this is it's not just the people who buy from us but obviously those people share that with the other dog walkers because they want them to be eco-friendly as well and that's what's beautiful about it so they're actually doing the job for us and they're helping others and yeah so that's really really works well for us it's brilliant to see that you you've obviously 
obviously done a lot to educate yourself and educate your clients and now they're doing the, doing the yeah. work for you. Yeah. That's, that's what I guess that's what you dreamt about when you first started it. Yeah, it? it's, it's, it's not just us. We recently, there's been a few weeks, a few months back, there was a um, spot on ITV, which obviously they spoke about it, and yeah. then we had massive surge to come into our shop, which was, yeah, which almost broke our shop. But uh, yeah, so there's more and more awareness. So it's technically people just Google and we are lucky enough that we are first on the Google search. So that, so that really, really helps as well. And uh, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's just brilliant. I think, I think the, one of the best things for me, to be honest, is just uh, we, have a, we have a reviews. And um, so, and when I always, I read every each which comes through and it just always, there most of them are five star. I don't know if we deserve five star, but uh, <laughs> I'm more critical, but yeah. it's, it's people do, I think it's just out of kindness, but it's generally people being happy and they just picking up. When I was creating the product, I tried to create something which was literally perfection. Yeah. I researched it, I wanted exactly what people wanted and I created it. That's why it's so unique and that's why we got awards. Because it's so different to the other companies which are trying to do similar. They just went more a simple, simplified way. Yeah. But I actually created something what people really asked for. So, yeah, so I think that's, yeah. That's brilliant. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say as well, um, Denise is just um, talked about a really high profile dog trainer talking about compostable poo bags on, on it was on Good Morning Britain wasn't it and yeah. I remember seeing it on the telly and then seeing it go on mail online and then sending you an email and saying oh you're not going to believe this and you were like oh that's why my website broke yeah. but you are I know we've worked on publicity together and helping you with press releases and stuff but you're now um, finding that people are just picking up on you anyway aren't you yeah. you've been in a magazine this week which is fantastic and I think what you've done with your branding and it being the green poop bag company it's just so it, it like you say you created the perfect brand and it, it those things that people are searching for you answer it don't you so yeah. it's, just it's good personality fabulous. as well yeah. so it's not just product it's you kind of fall in love with the whole idea and the whole branding is about kind of family feel so it's yeah so you kind of and it's funny I created the whole designs I created from scratch and I it, everything in the wording is about the brand yeah it's supposed to the product's supposed to be funny make you smile whenever you look at it and when you read the stuff and it's just uh, because it's a quite um, <clears throat> disgusting thing to do isn't it <laughs> And a lot of people don't find it very pleasing, so we always say we have created something to make the Mother Earth happier and, uh, yeah, the stinky job easier and the Mother Earth happier, so. Yeah. Bringing the fun into picking up poop, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Brilliant. Well, I think that's a very good point to end on, so thank you so much, Denise, for chatting to me tonight. I hope you have a brilliant night. Well done for your shortlist. Thank you. And for all the other awards that you've won and for all the stuff that you've done, and I can't <laughs> wait to see what the Green Poop Bag Company thank comes you. up with next. Thanks thank you so much. Me. Thanks for this chat. So thank you so much for listening to that episode and if I do sound a little bit giddy it's because I was. I was on, had a few glasses of champagne, it was a really brilliant night and I know I probably stumbled over my words a few times as well but sometimes it's really good to be in the moment and get that really, um, you know, get the atmosphere and the excitement of all the people who were involved so I hope you enjoyed the episode. Also want to say a massive thanks to the people who I met and who looked after me. I went to the awards on my own and I was sat on the table with a lovely bunch of people from the Suffolk Canine Crush. I met Candy, the founder, and Donna, who was nominated, and we had a good drink and it was really lovely to chat to them. I also met Arlene from Henry & Co and her partner. She was also nominated for a number of awards, so well done to both of them. Um, so And also a massive thanks for, um, you know, for being there and looking after me and making sure I didn't feel too on my own because I'm actually quite shy would you believe 
So if you've listened to this episode and you think you would like to put yourself and your pet business forward for an award, if you go back to listen to the part with um, Nigel and Alexandra, they do talk a little bit about when to apply and what the process is. If you do apply, um, you know, well, please do go and apply whatever it is that you do. Why not apply for an award? It's really prestigious for you. If you win or you're shortlisted, it really wows your clients and gives your business a huge boost. And it's also really good for your own feeling of self-worth and confidence as well. Not to mention the fact that it can be used for media opportunities and you can write a press release for being shortlisted and also if you win an award. So do go and look into the Pet Industry Federation Awards and how to apply. I'll link to their website in the show notes, so go and have a look at that. Thank you again to um, PIF for a brilliant, brilliant night. And if you do um, want to find out more about awards and using them to get press coverage, do go and check out some of my other episodes. I'll link to an episode with Kirsty Skeets, who is the queen of awards um, and applying for them and using them to get press coverage in the show notes. So go and have a look at that because it does go into a lot more detail about the whole awards thing and how to use them to get PR. And do go and grab my free press release guide as well. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Hope it was some, hope it was fun um, and didn't sound too bonkers. It's good to do something a bit different. And if you've got any ideas um, for episodes you'd like to see on the podcast, do come and let me know. I'm at Rachel Spencer UK on all social media platforms, and you can come and find me in my free Facebook group as well, which is Publicity for Pet Businesses Community. It'd be great to see you there. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.